whenever you're doing training, you have to test yourself. How effective are your students at building that business, handling the stuff that's coming at them? If you look at them two months from their training and they are not full, they are not booked, you've got to ask yourself, was I super effective? Am I playing the long game or am I just trying to get money from them? Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Festivals and for Lash Festivals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We are excited to be playing a replay for you today. Not a replay from our podcast, but we were featured on our podcast a few months ago, and that's Behind the Last Chair with the host, Alexis Weisenberger. She is the owner of AW Lashes, and we were invited to be on the podcast. And as always, we're honored and never expect that, and we're super excited to go on it. And we got to talk about kind of like what's next. What are you going to do next in your career? Because often it's easy to get busy, busy, busy with lashes. And then you just go, oh, I guess I become a trainer next or I become a lash brand next, right? That's your only options. But there's more. There's more things you can do. And we're going to talk about that. Plus, I just want to encourage a lot of you out there who are maybe right now perfectly content and doing all right. And you're looking around like everyone's telling you you should go make money doing other things or get all, you know, extra income streams and all this stuff. And you're like, but I like kind of the job I have. It's easy. I work 20 hours and I make good money. I'm home in the afternoon or evenings with the kids, whatever. Like it's a good balance because if you're not careful, you can be like a lot of people I know in this industry who keep adding on to the list of ways to make money they have. And now they have two, three, four full-time jobs that they're trying to do. And it's crazy. And they burn out and they leave the industry or they get bitter. I don't want that to be you. If you have something already going well and you like it, don't feel bad. Don't don't feel shame like, oh, there's I gotta do something else. Everyone else says I need to do this. No one, no one should ever do lashes more than for five years. That's not true. You can do lashes for the rest of your life. In fact, truth is for Tuss and I, most of the stuff we do is really her doing lashes and me behind the scenes running all that stuff. And then I drag her in stuff. Like, all right, we're gonna do a podcast. All right, we're gonna speak. And then she shows up and does it because she's good at it. But her real passion is still in the room taking care of lash artists. That's what she loves. And so I want to encourage those of you who, if you're listening to this, you're like, I don't really want to do anything else. I want to do lashes. Good for you. Just do that. And that's okay. No shame. But for those of you who are thinking, what's next? What's else? What's new? What can I do? What options? We're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. And we were excited to allow Alexis to be on her show to talk about. And by the way, one of the reasons why we we like to do this type of stuff all the time is we like to feature other podcasts so that you find new other people because really there's not just one great podcast. And in fact, there's so many ears out there and so many hours to listen. You probably need four, five, six, eight, ten podcasts if you want to keep yourself busy while you're working and all that and listening to podcasts at work. So we love to introduce new people to you because you might someone find someone who's a little bit 
bit more your vibe. Like that's my person. That's that's the the team or the person I really want to listen to. They speak my love language. So love you, Paul and Tess, but I'm gonna go listen to them. Or better, just add them to the list. Have a bunch of us you listen to. So hopefully after you get this, you get a little idea of what Alexis and her podcast is all about, and then you'll add her to your podcast list, and you'll have more things to listen to to keep you busy during your day and keep learning and growing. And she does a lot of great stuff, interviews a lot of good people. So definitely want to encourage you to check that out. So what is next? Well, I know. First, we have announcements. Right now, we have two things that we're really focusing on. First is the LashCon replay. That is out. If you missed LashCon, don't worry. We recorded 31 videos for you. Tons of content. Well over 33, 34 hours of content. And you can get all that for the low price of $197. Right now, it says $247. But with the discount code that I'm going to give you right now, that is LashCon50 or LashCon50. You type that in and you have $50 off. It's only $197 to get 31 videos full of amazing content from all these amazing thought leaders in our industry. And so you do not want to miss it out. This is a limited time sale. We will be taking it off in a few weeks and you're going to have a few months to listen. So don't worry. It's no rush. You got plenty of time. You can like podcasting, just put on your headset and listen to these episodes. You get the app. And then once you download the app, you can go in and watch the last videos in there. So it's only 197 and available a limited time. So please go do that today. Do not delay. And the link is in the show notes. Next, we have a class that we are co-hosting with strategies called Last Business Masterclass. Originally, if you heard our episode before this, you heard it was called Last Launch. Well, as you, many of you might know, there's a company called Last Launch and that's confusing and we realized we need to change the name. So now it's Last Business Masterclass and it's going to be on January 14th through the 16th in Austin, Texas. So it's going to be not bad weather. It's going to be nice weather. It won't be, it'll be moderate weather. If you're in the cold part of the country, this will be a great way to get away. It's a good time. January ticket prices for planes should be lower and you can come fly down to Austin and hang out with us for three days for what I will think or will be the three most transformative days you ever done for your business. We back in 2013 had a mess of a salon and we went to this a very similar class called Incubator by Strategies. They have 30 years of experience, by the way, running, uh, doing salon systems, coaching and managing or helping salons. I should say not managing, but helping salons. So they have a ton of experience. And so we went to this thing in 2013, really ready to give up and quit this whole industry. And they gave us a roadmap to success. They said, this is what you need. Here are the systems you need to implement. Here are the numbers you need to be aiming for. And it just showed us what a successful salon would look like and then over the next year we changed everything moved into their systems and boom there we were our salon took off and never looked back and other people like shelby from last boss radio is also a team-based salon and i know many other of you others of you i should say who i've met at LashCon and other places have all said you are either switching over or are becoming or already have switched over or just thinking about well this if you're thinking about it or just you know, trying to figure out this is the class to go to and it's good for solo artists it's good for people who have salons and it's good for people who maybe you're thinking about opening a business their own business where solo or salon any one of those categories you're gonna learn so much stuff get so much information it's like a master class well guess what it is a master class we call it that so it's this 
really the biggest primer or primer, depending on how you like to pronounce that word, that you could take on business. And it's going to really equip you for success and give you that roadmap. So we'd love to see you there. It's Austin, like I said, 14th through the 16th. Link is in the show notes. It's $8.95. It is the best money you could spend this year. Once you get this done, 2024, you're going to have a roadmap for success for that rest of that year. It'll probably take you a year or more to implement all the things that they're going to teach you in these three days. I promise is the best thing that we ever did back in 2013. And I 100% believe this will be the best thing you're going to do for yourself in 2024. So go sign up. We'll be there co-hosting along with our friends at Strategies. Should be an amazing three days. Real quick, Tusney's retention class. A lot of you are asking about that. We are putting that on hold because we're right now retooling it. We're doing it differently. We're going to basically record the theory part and then we're going to basically make it where you can watch theory online, take some tests or quizzes, and then do a live Q&A with us, and then show up for just one day of live one, or not one-on-one, but classroom teaching where you learn with models. So instead of coming up for two days, it's just one day, so you save money on hotel. And because we're doing virtually, as far as the theory part, we're going to make that even cheaper. We're trying to, I think we're going to do a little under a thousand bucks. So used to be $1,700, now maybe $997. No final numbers. We're not launching this to most likely the earliest it'll be, first class will be in March. So it's going to take a little time. We're recording in a few weeks, editing, doing a lot of rework, lots of new graphics, everything, upgrading everything. And then when you basically uh, take the class next year, it's going to be like, wow, it's going to be amazing. So please, please, please wait for that and uh, sign up for it when it comes. And we're going to be in classes here in Los Angeles that we'll be hosting. Then we, we're partnering with a friend of ours who is amazing. We'll tell about her later. And she's going to be basically teaching some classes in New York, actually. So we're going to have New York and LA. And then Tess and I will probably travel two or three times around the country elsewhere. Just kind of spread the love. <laughs> So anyhow, because we, we just like to travel. We like to meet you guys all over the place and see you where it's a little easier and closer for you to come to. So that's all in the works. So please be standing by for those details. I'm going to guess in January, if everything goes well, we'll be able to launch an actual date and say, yep, this is a date we're aiming for. And then you just have to watch all the videos just before you come to the class. You cannot come to the one day in, in training or in person training and expect to do well if you didn't watch any of the videos. That's going to be a bad decision. I'll just say that. All right. So that's all I have for announcements. Next, let's get into our interview with Alexis as we uh, talk about kind of what's next in your last career. Welcome to Behind the Last Chair. I'm your host, Alexis Weisenberger, founder and owner of AW Lashes. My goal is to help you as a lash artist grow with tips and tricks on lashing, becoming an entrepreneur, marketing, and so much more. This is an amazing place to find free resources and connect with lash artists all around the world. Let's get started. All right, you guys, I'm so excited for this week's podcast. We have the best lineup. We have the Lash Cast, Lash Con here. You guys do so many things. Paul, Tusk, how are you guys? Excited. Doing great. Ex- <laughs> good, good. 
Lost Honda's in the house. Yeah, no, we're excited. Anytime we can support a fellow podcaster is a good day for us because I feel like this side of our world has exploded and it's great to see so many people serving our community, helping people. And each of us has our own audience. So it's not like there's only a you know hundred people to listen. There, there's you know tens of thousands, not over a hundred thousand people out there to appeal to, and not all of them are gonna like me. So it's great to <laughs> find more people <laughs> and support and say, hey, go check out this other podcast because I know there's a lot you can offer them. Oh, yes. I, I love sharing all of our knowledge. We all have had different experiences and stories. And I'm really excited for this week's topic. Let's just dive into it because yeah. there's so much we want to talk about. And it's all about what options you have in this industry, right? You're not just the lash artist. Yes. So, oh, there's so many thoughts. And yeah. I remember when I became a lash artist, I remember it was like lash artist, influencer, educator, then you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are your guys' thoughts? Because you guys have had such a cool story. I feel like what you guys have done in this industry is so different, which is why I thought this topic would be so cool because you didn't just do that and you tried other things and throwing out ideas to people when they're in a rut or they're like, man, I'm just lashing. I'm sick of just lashing. I'm, I'm going to quit. Yeah. It's a wonderful time to be a lash artist and it's a wonderful time to be part of this community because the industry is so new that there's so many options and and it's like if it's almost like if you dream it it can happen. There's opportunities to be an educator, there's opportunities for product development, but even those opportunities are are, are brand new and they're just out there. It's like if you can solve some of these problems with lashes, you can actually have a career. It's not just being a lash artist. I'm going to go both sides on this real quick. One, I think a lot of people don't think they can be a, a career lash artist. And I want to affirm those out there who are feeling like shame, because I think there's some public shaming, like, oh, you're just a lash artist. Like we have been to conferences when we had a team and they would go there and they would say, what do you do? Oh, I work at Integrity Lash. And people like, oh, you're an employee. Like they look down on them. They're like, well, I'm happy. I like where I'm working. I get paid well. I'm done at three o'clock every day. I get to go home <laughs> be with my kids. Like there's a lot of good things that can come from having a career just as a lash artist, right? That's not a bad choice. I, and as before we got on the call, I, I said in the hair world, you don't hear this so much. Like hairstylists don't go, I know I'm gonna go to school, get my license, then become a hairstylist for three or four years, then become an educator and then own a hairline or something like that. That's not the normal career path for a hairstylist. <laughs> there are plenty of hairstylists who are killing it, making six digits, being a hairstylist and just becoming the best hairstylist in their community and charging premium prices. And I just want to encourage those of you who are feeling that pressure and you're like, well, I like lashes, but everyone always tells me that I need to do more than that. You don't have to do more. You can be a career lash artist. Tustin has been doing lashes almost for 19, actually 19 years now. 19 years, basically, Tustin has been doing lashes in some way or form. And she, with all of the things we're doing, she told me, I do not want to stop doing lashes. That's my passion. That's still my first love. That's what I want to do. And so I just want to affirm for those of you who are feeling a little like self-conscious, like you've been doing it for five years, like I don't feel like I need to give up. I think I can still do this for the rest of my life. Good for you. Please do, because we do need career lash artists. It's not just, just a stage in your career. It can be your whole career, and you can create a great life where you now, once you've been doing it for like 15, 20 years, you're charging 80 bucks an hour. You're working maybe three, six hours a day, and you're still making seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 just working part-time, and you're free to do all your family stuff and your other 
side projects, hobbies, and all that. So I just want to put that out there just in case you know, some people are thinking that way. It's in my craw when people say, I hear influencers or in- there's trainers, trainers that say trainers this, that say you cannot do lashes more than five years. And I'm what? yeah. <laughs> Big names that people follow will say you cannot do this for more than five years. Because they think your body will break down and that you will fall apart and die. Listen, <laughs> 12 hours a day, that's impossible. But you can do eight hours a day. You, you can't can. do eight. Oh, no, yeah. Five I think we have that in common because I've been lashing since 2012. So, and I still lash, even though we have a company where we sell products. And, but I don't want to stop lashing. Like, I think I would actually pick doing the lashes over the product side, because I do still have a passion for that. And I think, like you said, people are so worried about the burnout. And I think you have that burnout going back to Paul, like when you're first starting out, maybe you're questioning, why did you pick lashes? But like a hairstylist, they push through that grit, right? Like when they're first starting, they're like, oh, I'm not a good hairstylist, but I'll get there. And I hate that it's in the lash industry that they're like, okay, I'm not a natural. I'm just done. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> very true. And I mean, we told our staff, it takes you two years and they always came with minimum one year experience. So some of these people would, we'd say would take your one or two years before you came to us, we'd hire you. Then we say it would take you two years before we really felt like you, you can handle, handle anything that walks through that but door still at two years respectfully i still consider them capable but they still had so much to learn in terms of being able to paint with lashes and in, in terms of nuance right the cultivation the master's mastery i i believe happens like at five and six and year seven it's like thirty thousand hours before you are able to master something and i think a lot of lash artists have such a short attention span in terms of like oh, i've been doing it for two years i'm a master or i like you said i'm not good enough so i guess i'll just do something else and i think we are themed this year for LashCon is a long game because we really see a problem in our industry where everyone feels like they need to be at you know level 100 within the first six months of their business. And it's like, stop it. You're playing the short game. And when you do that, you're tempted to make shortcuts and to do little cheats that help you get somewhere faster than you probably should, where you're not going to naturally grow and learn. You're just going to quickly get there and then you're going to pay for it because whenever you cheat the system, there's always a price to pay at the end. So we want to encourage people to start thinking five years, 10 years down the line. And then, hey, man, after a few years, three, four or five years, and you're like, yeah, I just can't seem to get the knack of it. You know, then maybe pivot, but don't give yourself two years to become a master and have full books as a trainer and have a product line and be an influencer. And you're like, after two years, like, man, I suck. I must not be very good. It's like, no one gets there in two years. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about like a hairstylist. I, I, we're just going to be, that's our theme, hairstylist yeah. today. But they go and they just do color for so many years. And then they add in the hair extensions. And then they add in the cool haircuts or things like that. And I think like a lash artist, then you add in the volume. Then you add in the mega volume. Mm-hmm. But we want it instantly. Like you said, in six months, we want to be a mega volume artist. And the reason for that is because the bar is so low to become a lash artist. Like there are some places in this country where you only need a license. Like you just need... You just start doing lashes. You don't even have to do it. You literally can just open up your doors and start doing lashes. That's mo- most states, but there are some states that allow that. Yeah, Canada is like that. And most of Canadian provinces, you can just do lashes. You don't have to be licensed in every, okay. and, and UK, same thing. So with such a low bar of entry, 
of course, what's going to happen is there are going to be a lot of people flooding in with all these promises of riches and fame and power and all the things. And then they get in and they realize, oh, it's just like anything else in life. I have to work. I have to hustle. I have to have grit. I have to put in time. I have to do my, my pay my pay the piper, so to speak. And then they go, nah, I don't want to. I don't like it. Or worse, they got into because they thought they'll be rich. They'll be the stupid stuff where everyone's like, millionaire, you can be a millionaire overnight. And that's the last artist, which is the average last artist probably makes between 30 and $60,000 a year. It's going to take you 20 to 30 years to become a millionaire if that's all you make. If you save really hard and you put that money in the bank and you invest it well, yes, in 30 years, you'll be a millionaire. But I'm tired of the- Don't get me wrong. You can make a good living doing lashes, but it takes time to cultivate the skill, cultivate the clientele that you want. And be able to cultivate the prices. Yeah, and build yeah. that up. And a lot of people, because I said that low bar, they get in and they realize I hate it. They go, oh, this is what's for. That's fine. I with our kids, we're told, hey, try everything. You have no choice. You're going. We're going to put you in all sorts of sports camps, things. You're yes. going to do it at least once and find <laughs> out if you like it or not. And then you can back out and go, no, I tried it, Dad. I hated it. And I feel like that happens for a lot of lash artists. And it's okay if someone's listening right now is going, yeah, I've been doing it for a year and every day I dread going to work. Well, maybe lashes aren't for you. And that's okay, by the way. You tried it, you gave it a shot, and then you can move on to something else and, and find another interest that maybe you've thought about. There's nothing, no shame in trying and, and not liking something either. And because yeah. the industry is developing so quickly, there's so many opportunities. I said that in the beginning. You may not want to do lashes every day, but maybe you really enjoy product development. You think about tools that you're, you can work on as a lash artist and you think, oh, this would be a great idea. It's like you can work alongside with a a lash company to help develop those. I mean, that's just one aspect. It could be something else. Maybe it's marketing. I know quite a few lash artists who are no longer lashing, but they are doing social media for companies because they love social media they love shooting videos they love the creativity the stories the fun all the quirky things that come with it and then social media or last brands were like oh my gosh the owner's like i'm so tired of making reels i just need someone else to do this for me and then they go out and they hire someone and boom all of a sudden you went from being a lash artist to the, you're now in the world of marketing and social media and that's great i think because it was like your pathway to what you really loved. You found what you enjoyed and you migrated over into that social media. So I think like anything, you might move into something and then you'll find yourself in a totally different place. I mean, I worked in the film industry for crying out loud. Why am I in the beauty industry? I don't <laughs> do lashes. I don't have a degree in that. I have a degree in film and television. So for me, my background, I brought my background though into our business because Tuss is a great lash artist. She, I helped her run a salon for like 10 years or eight years. And it was a fun. We enjoyed building a business. But at the same time, I always was like, well, I have this passion for events. I have a passion for producing. I like making stuff. I like producing videos. I loved all that stuff. So maybe some way we can find a way to take my skills and my background and fuse it with what we're doing in the lash world. And that's why LashCon came into existence. I, why LashCast came into existence. Because I, growing up, always wanted to be a radio DJ or a sports announcer. So why not be a, a last a, a DJ, whatever. So, so it just, I brought those interests into our thing. And one of the things I like to encourage a lot of last artists as they're thinking about, well, lashes are okay, but man, I really love other things. Like I know at least two, Milena and Abby, these two gals who you probably know, it's not Foxy Faye more. She changed her name, but Foxy, Foxy no, she changed her name oh. to another uh, coach. Abby, I think it is. And you know, they are into fitness and into feeling good, like being physically fit while you're doing lashes. So guess what they brought into the lash industry? They're bringing in classes and training to help people be 
better able to work long-term because they're taking care of their bodies with fitness. So they took their passion over here and brought lashes and brought them together. And I'm always telling people, you can do that. You can find something that you love to do. Maybe you love design. Maybe you love marketing. Maybe you love sales. You can come in and bring those things and combine them with lashes. I know a bunch of people are now have had um, clothing lines, right? Because they love fashion. They love clothes. And they found ways to take that and combine that with lashes and do last t-shirts and hats and swag and all that type of stuff. So there's so many things. You, I mean, I would just tell a lot of people, like, look at what you love. What do you do in your free time? Is there any way to take what you love and combine that with lashes and create a new service, a new idea, a new way to serve our community? And I think we have not even come close to exhausting all the opportunities. There are so many yeah. things waiting to be built that people just haven't done yet because no one has done it. So everyone's always scared to be the first, but that's actually the time when you want to go because when you're first to market, you're going to get the lion's share and you're going to grow and expand much more quickly as long as you're meeting a real need, not just a made up thing in your head. Like, oh, I know I want to do rabbits and lashes because I love rabbits and I think lashes would be great with rabbits and they start lashing rabbits. No, I'm sorry. That passion's not going to work. Those two things <laughs> go together. No one's going to care about your passion for lashing rabbits, but you can find other things that do meet that need. I mean, Mark Cuban, it's a great example of someone who had a passion for basketball. He loves basketball. But Mark Cuban is not a good basketball player. He knew that. <laughs> he was a tech guy. So what did he do? He went out there and built the first ever online sports network that was all streaming back in the, I think, late 80s, or early 90s. Blew up, sold for millions of dollars. And now he's a multi-billionaire, one of the richest people in the United States. And he owns, guess what? The Dallas Mavericks, because he yes. loves basketball. <laughs> so he decided, I'm not going to be the player, but I'm going to buy the team and still get to enjoy the idea of running a team and overseeing it and all the joys that comes from being involved in the NBA without being a player himself. Now, if he had pursued his passion, like a lot of people say, pursue your passion, pursue your heart. He would have been trying to join the NBA and would have failed miserably. And by the way, he would probably be working at like McDonald's right now flipping hamburgers while he tried to pursue his MBA or his professional basketball career, which was never going to happen. So there is a little bit of self-awareness needed here to realize your limitations, know what you're not good at, what you are good at. Ask your friends. If you don't know, ask your friends, ask your family for honest feedback. Hey, are you, am I really a great artist? And they're like, actually, you know what? We always kind of laugh when you're not around about your art. Your <laughs> art sucks. So maybe it's a uh, wake up moment like American Idol where you go on stage and you sing and you realize I'm not such a great singer after all. Some people can come be, hopefully you're humble enough to grow and learn and then find what you are good at. And hopefully you can combine those two things. I feel like you guys did such a good job of like, almost being on Shark Tank and finding pain points in the industry because you guys are doing two different projects right now, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you first had the podcast and now you have this huge event, which is such a pain point in the lash industry because as a product owner, we went to IBS in Vegas or all the IBS shows and it's so overwhelming because it's, you got the hair, you got lashes, you got skin, you got nails. And it's so cool what you guys are doing to find that pain point. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we could elaborate on how you guys found that if someone's in a rut and they're like, what is something I want to do in this industry? Like, how did you guys find these pain points? Did you have a passion for podcasts? Did you like go to IBS and you say, this sucks. I want to fix this. Like we really <laughs> do need like a show. 
Well, one of the main points about being a lash artist or features of it is that most of us work alone in a room, right? And that can be highly isolating. For a lot of us, we like it because many of us can can be introverts. Some of us aren't though. And for those of us, we still need connection, right? And even though you might like being alone, doing your own thing, over time, that alone in a room can be quite isolating. And there's a desire, an innate desire. I just, I know because I had it to be connected, to connect with other people that knew the same pain points that I had so that I could, it wasn't so isolating. I also wanted to be validated and that I was doing a good job. And how could I do that? Because most of us, again, are alone in the room. And if you try to talk to somebody else, they're like, oh, you're my competitor. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk to you because you're going to steal my clients or something like that. So I just knew that my needs were like, I needed community, I needed validation, I needed encouragement, I needed those things. And so if I needed those things, I knew that other people did too. Yeah, I think when we would look back and roll back the clock and go back to 2017, I was at the time really listening to a lot of podcasts and I was looking for help trying to grow our salon and get help. And our industry in pre-2018, there really wasn't a lot of people sharing information. You, there are some Facebook groups like Wake Up Your Makeup, but otherwise, if you went to conferences, you would actually see people go on stage and talk for 30 minutes and literally share nothing. They would just say, <laughs> I'm a big deal. I used to be poor. Now I'm rich. One day, maybe you'll be like me. Oh, by the way, buy my training. Yeah. And that that was the presentation. Lily, eight in a row presentations. Each one like that. I used to be poor. Now I'm rich. Buy my training. And we were just like, that's this is stupid. Like, why would I go to conferences? This is not the type of conference where I, I'm giving any value. I mean, this is just pitches of people to buy their trainings. So we and, and also, if you went online, if you ask someone like, hey, what glue do you use? People are like, why are you asking? Why do you want to know? I mean, there's this really defensive, like, I'm not telling the secrets of my last success. So we really felt in 2017, I was a big Gary Vee fan and I was following him. And he's really about, if you want to build a tribe, and also I was reading a lot of Seth Godin. And if you really want to build a tribe, and that's Seth Godin talk, you, you need to build trust. And the only way you build trust is by serving your community. So if you want to build your brand, you want to build a product line, you want to build a successful business, you need to serve your community and then you build that trust. And what we all trade is trust. If someone's going to give you money for your lash services, they're saying, I trust you. Here's $200. Give me some lashes. You're trading, exchanging trust. As long as you deliver that, they'll keep coming back and paying you more and more and more for that because you've affirmed that trust. But uh, so what we decided to do is like, well, we just need to start serving our community because we really realized that by 2017, our salon had grown. We had turned a corner. We had been chaos, but now I felt like things are going well for us. And we thought, I know, let's try to find ways to serve the community and begin to open the door so that one, that people are alone, working alone in the room, can find a community. And two, for those who have questions, there will be places where you can find answers. So we started, we recorded our podcast late 2017 and first aired it in 2018, in January of 2018. And at that time, we were the only, there was only been, had been one other podcast over last, was there not last boss? That's Shelby. There was another podcast was on for like a year online, but her podcast ended. So we started 2018 and then Shelby joined us just a month or two later. And then now there's like 80,000 podcasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, all sharing good information to help lash artists improve their business, improve their, and all that. So we really loved that the encouragement. So we just saw a need. Really, it's like always like anything before you build something, make sure there is a need for it. Don't because a lot of times we in our own heads think, oh, I know I need this. Like 
Lashing rabbits, right? You can think it's really cool, but no one needs it. It's not going to go anywhere. It's just going to be literally spinning in the wind. And we knew that our information, our industry was lacking information. There wasn't anything being shared freely. And we also knew our industry needed community and needed connection. And so maybe we could create a podcast where people can at least get around like the fireside chats back in the old days where you sit around the radio, listen to it and grow and learn. Well, the other component that why we started the podcast was because we knew that we thought differently. We thought yeah, about lashes differently. Yeah. In fact, so many people have told me over the years, you do them wrong. And I said, this works for me. This works for my clients. It's built a very successful business. Could there possibly be more than one ways to skin a cat? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought I want to push back against there is only one way. And so there wasn't there wasn't opportunities or forums to share ideas like that. So the only way that we thought we could do it is let's have a podcast. Let's talk yeah. about our weird ideas and let's invite other people who have maybe ideas that aren't according to the lash police and let's talk about them. I believe that we can all be friends, even if we lash differently. Owners being friends with other owners and things like that. I want to bring in this other point of, I, we talk about the tier system of, okay, I'm a lash artist. What's next? And I know a lot of, well, not a lot, but, you know, people open salons and then yeah. they're like, why did I open a salon? Why was that my next okay. step? And then they're struggling financially or they didn't even have a passion for it. Like what, I mean, I just feel like that's such a good, like, you don't need to do like X, Y, and Z to be in this industry. Or if you're burnt out of lashes, don't just go and open up a salon and try to manage people. Yeah. I mean, looking back, cause I owned a salon. I don't think I'd ever own a salon again because I don't think I am stern enough to own a mm -hmm. salon because it takes a lot of management. Pearl, I hear you. We should start a club. Yeah. We should start a club for those who have ever started a salon and would never do it again. <laughs> I think when it comes to salon management, what happens a lot of you, and this is where the E-Myth book is a really good a book to read. For those of you who want to go on and run a salon, you should read the E-Myth because it may, may make you realize that what you're doing is just because you're a great, they use a baker or yeah, a yeah, great baker. baker. Just because you're a great baker doesn't mean you're going to be a great store manager, right? Those are totally different skills. <laughs> just because you're great with lashes doesn't mean you know how to manage staff. I mean, if you're going to be a manager, like you said, you have to hold people accountable. Oh, you got to be yeah. okay with difficult conversations going, hey, I noticed you were 10 minutes late and your client had to wait. I We can't keep doing that. Otherwise, we're going to have to let you go. Like that's not a conversation that most lash artists are want to do. They're like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'll just let it happen. And then before 10 years, a year later, now the, the employees come in a half hour late and people are demanding refunds and it's this chaos. And by the way, other staff members who are on time start getting mad that you don't enforce the rules. And so they start showing up late and then you're in a spiral downward as like a salon because no one is there to hold anyone accountable. Also, you need to understand your numbers. You need to be able to look at what is the normal number? What are we going to make as revenue? How much are you going to pay? If you don't like numbers, you, you're not going to be a good manager of a business. There's so many skills that you're going to have to develop. So I always think if you're going to, let's just say you're a really busy last artist, like, I know I'm going to hire staff. Great. You need to now first do some work and learn first what it means to be a leader before you hire a staff. Like take the next six months and start studying salon systems and what you need to learn so that you're more prepared. So you don't learn on the job I and mean, you always will learn on the job, but you don't want to learn a job where you're just a nightmare because what happens, you'll hire people in six months to all be gone and you'll start again. And, and if that's not what you want to do, because it's so costly to have that turnover. And I think one of the things, a, a big 
well, I'll just say this. One of the reasons why salon owners make no money. Well, there's, yeah, one or two reasons. <laughs> they go commission and commission you can't make money because everyone thinks they should be making 50, 60, 70% commission rates. Because and, you hear industry leaders, trainers saying, I pay my girl 70%. Which you cannot. You cannot and, I, and if I could sit down with the math, I could show you the math. You can't pay more than 40% commission rates and expect the salon owner to be able to make a living. Because otherwise what happens is every salon owner I know that does commission, they work 40, 50 hours a week themselves doing lashes. And then they're managing on top of that because they can't afford to go off the floor because they're paying their staff at 50, 60% commission rates, which completely breaks them. And then if anything, I know one pretty well-known person who has a salon she doesn't even make a dime off her salon. It's just for bragging rights. All her money comes from training and other stuff. It's she, our product lines, yeah, like that. That's how those people can charge us or, or give. Oh yeah, the the one that's the seventy percent doesn't make a dime off her salon. I guarantee you, she, that person uh, um, does uh, all through her training and products. So great. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. If your model works like that, great. But let's be honest. Don't be telling other people who don't have training, don't have product lines that go do 70% commission rates because I guarantee you they're going out of business next year or that person's going to burn out and do something bad to themselves, like pick up drinking or something. So we don't want <laughs> that. So we just want to have people have seen. So commission is a broken system. And also uh, one that can kind of work is salon suites, but you got to really lower your expectations of salon suites because really salon suites, you're just paying for your rent. You're not going to get you're not going to make a living off them because there's so little revenue for salon suites, because if you charge too much, they all go to another place that's cheaper because there's always a salon owner who doesn't know the value of their place and they'll charge a lot less. And so it's hard to maintain and build a salon suite unless you really build a, a really attractive reason for them to work there. So the best model that we love, which we if you've listened to us at all, we'll just talk about is team base, which is taught by a company called Strategies. It's a hourly plus bonus model plus a whole bunch of systems that really run the salon structure well. I, we don't get paid for them to promote them, but we always do because we found it. We loved it. And every uh, Shelby from Last Boss Radio runs that. And I know quite a few other people in our industry now who are all team-based salons. And every one of them, when they run to switch over, never regret it. And they always finally get profitable. And the boss and the owner finally can get off the floor full-time, which is really, I think, the goal of every owner. Is say, I don't want to have to work 40 hours during the day and then 40 hours at night or a week in the evenings doing management. I want to be able to just work 40, 50 hours and be done at night and go home and see my family. Strategies and team-based model will actually get you there. So I know the plug for them. Sorry about pushing a brand here, but I just want to tell people there is a way out there. If you really think about salon management, go to strategies.com, look up their stuff and learn. Take They have a one-hour coaching call. And again, this is not endorsed or we're not affiliated. We get nothing from this. We just believe yeah. in this. No, no. I think that's a good point too. And the 70% commission thing, that's just crazy. Like if you're thinking about owning a salon and being like, I don't want to make any money. I just want to own it. You'll be managing people. It is not a clock out kind of thing. Even if it is, you want that community base. I definitely think they should look at the option you just threw out there because you'll be bugged. It's not worth free. <laughs> no, working for free just for bragging rights. Cause you also are legally liable. You also have the financial responsibility. If things go wrong, you're going to be the one that files bankruptcy, not the employees. They'll just walk away free and, and, and with all your clients practically. So for you, if you running a salon and you want to do that, God bless you, but just go with your eyes wide open that you are taking on a big thing and don't just jump into it. I'll just figure it out as I go. Really evaluate, study the systems, learn, and then start reading books on management and so forth so that you can be a good 
boss, because that's the thing. If you, people don't leave companies, they leave leaders. So if you build a business and everyone keeps leading, it's because you probably as a boss haven't figured out how to lead yet. People love to follow strong leaders. I still remember my favorite boss of all time. It was at Red Lobster. I love this guy, Marty. I would have fought against armies for him. That guy was amazing. And I was just a server at a restaurant. And yet still, because he was such a strong leader, I really, really believed in him and was willing to fall and do anything he said. And people will do that with leaders. In fact, people will even work for less money if they really find someone that they believe in and want to follow. That's inspiring them to be the best version of themselves. That, that there's You can't really put a price tag on that. No, I agree. So yeah, don't jump into salon ownership just because that's the next step. Yeah. And I kind of want to bring that to education too. Yeah. Like I want, I just want lash artists to know like you can find, like we said, a fitness way to do lashes or all these things that a podcast, like don't just do something because it's the next step. And I kind of want to turn that into education because I feel like people want they're like, okay, well, I guess I don't want to own a salon, so I'm going to do education and just throw my stuff out there. But I don't like speaking in front of people or yeah. is my content even worth it? But I'll just throw it out there and charge and we'll see what happens. Like, let's go down that route. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing that really gets my goose. I'm bringing out pain points here. <laughs> there are pain points. Okay. I understand you've been doing lashes for two years and you you think to yourself, what's next? I know. I Since I know everything about lashes... I'm going to teach other people to do what I do. The thing is, that sounds nice, but how is it tested? How have you ever proven your model? If you just take somebody's money and teach them what you know, then you look at what they've done with what their knowledge and is it effective or not? The only way that you can judge them is how successful are they in, in applying those skills. Now, it is really hard to build an effective curricula. And for us, it started out of necessity is because we had a salon and we, I had standards. I, I wanted the work to be consistent and I wanted everybody to be thoroughly trained the same way that I was doing lashes. And that required developing a protocol. It took me a very long time to teach my staff how to do the lashes in the same way that I wanted them to do it. I mean, at first it was just do the lashes, just do it. <laughs> and I'd come back and check on them. And that process took like three months and then it got better and better because I had something to test their ability. It was like, how effective, how soon can I get you on the floor? That was the test. That was the success. If you were able to get onto the floor and handle every situation that came in, that means my training was effective. So whenever you're doing training, it's like you have to, to test yourself. How effective are your students at building that business, handling the stuff that's coming at them? If you look at them two months from their training and they are not full, they are not booked, they are not, you've got to ask yourself, was I super effective? And then you ask yourself, am I playing the long game or am I just trying to get money from them? So, I mean, I don't know how you could test that if you weren't depending on those people's skills. I mean, the people that I think that have had to depend on training their the their students because like for employee situations those are the people that have been tried and tr tested and i would be feel more comfortable about investing in that kind of instruction i think too many people in our industry try to jump to be a trainer because they think the money's easy they just go oh i know i'm just going to be a trainer after a year of lashing i'll be a trainer and instead of making only like $400 in a day, I'll make $10,000 in one weekend and I'll- And students will just flock to me. Oh yeah, they'll just flock to me because I'm a trainer and they don't realize that 
man, you know what most trainers don't do very well? They don't know how to market. They have no clue how to market. Why would anyone pay you money, especially if you're trying to charge one, two, three thousand dollars for training? Why would anyone pay you a freaking dime to come to training with you if all you post is some pictures on Instagram? Like and, and one or two days of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll share with you a story. A gal who came to one of our classes at a premiere show came up to us very, very earnest, very sweet. And she said, I have been doing lashes for about a year. I've been doing it in my home. And now what I want to do is I want to get into training. I said, well, tell me about your idea. She's like, well, I want to take all these classes so that I can know all their techniques so I can teach anybody's technique. And I said, that that sounds quite ambitious, but who's your ideal student? She's like, oh, anybody who wants to do lashes and have, have their own salon. I said, do you consider yourself to have a salon? She's like, well, I have a home-based business. I said, that's great. But do you consider it like, would you be comfortable about? She's like, well, I I was trying to get her to see that she hasn't done what she's trying to teach yet. And then I I was trying to get her to see that why would somebody pay you to teach a secondhand version of their class, Ali Layer Slayer? Why why would somebody go to you to learn? Ali, there's some disconnect with what she was thinking. It's like, I, I think she was just thinking I can make more money this way. And that's the problem. Too many people are attracted to it just for the money. Think the money flows. And by the way, here's breaking news. In case people know, I know most major trainers in their country. And they secretly, almost all of them have told me that all their trains are down. Like everyone across the board, all the trains are down. It's kind of like we went through this thing pre-COVID. And then we had a little dip during COVID. And then right after COVID, there was another big push for training. And the last year, trains are just like people are having a hard time. And by the way, just a little insider trick here, what you'll see people do. They're not selling class enough students, so they'll cancel it and they'll put sold out on their thing. Because they don't want to look bad. They don't want to look like, I did. I just canceled the class. No, they'll just say sold out. And then they just won't, they'll quietly move on and try to get their next class sold out. And so- just uh, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors on Instagram. Like I think most people know, don't believe anything you see on Instagram. It's all fake. Everyone is finding ways to make themselves look better than they are because they're trying to sell you. So I think one of the things that people don't really realize, again, going back to this, when you get into this, it's really going to be, if you want to be a trainer, you got to say, I'm going to learn to be a marketer. Just like when you want to be a salon owner, you saying, I want to learn how to run the salon systems. If you want to be a trainer, you almost have to be just as excited about marketing. Meaning like now you're going to have to create t- content. What I said earlier, what do we trade? We trade trust. Well, how do you get trust? You got to give people reasons to engage with you, watch your content. That's why we have a podcast, by the way. And why we have Instagram is we are giving information to build that trust. So people go, oh, I really like what Tuss said. I like what Paul said. What else do they have going on? Oh, wow, they have classes. Oh, wow, they have an event. Oh, wow, they do this. I'll buy that because I trust them emphatically. And so if you're not ready to put the time in to say, I'm going to post on Instagram every day, some tips, some helpful information. And by the way, be careful with, even with that because there's a lot of people just sharing stuff and it's this copycat cookie cutter stuff. It's almost like boring. I just flipped through my Instagram like, oh my gosh, it's all the same people saying the same thing. Kind of boring. You got to start thinking outside the box. You got to start looking. How can I be different? If you've seen everyone going one way, then you need to say, I'm going to go the opposite direction to this to be different. So I stand out in the crowd. If you're just doing what everyone else does, you're average and average yeah. never gets anyone anywhere. You always have to be above average or excellent if you want to be seen or heard. So if you're thinking about training, 
I really think you need to start really reading, looking at, listen to podcasts, read books on marketing. Donald Miller is a great guy who really teaches a lot about business and marketing. Strongly recommend you read any of his books on story brand, marketing made simple. We'll really give you some tools that will help you rethink how you go about marketing so that you cannot, so you're not one of these trainers who just thinks like, I create a website. Oh, I post once a week. And why aren't any students? And by the way, that's what most trainers are right now. You think they're booked out and they have 80 students signed up every week. They do not. They do not have that many. In fact, I know one big trainer who was just skyrocketing and all of a sudden things just slowed down. They're like, yeah, it's weird, but things just haven't been going at the same pace the last few months. So it's because the marketing is also has to keep evolving. You can't just do one video and just think you post it out and everyone buys your training. You're going to have to continue to find new ways to engage people, solve problems, create value. And then when you do that, you build that trust and then people will sign up for your training and hopefully you'll be successful. But yeah, there's stuff to think about. <laughs> well, and it's just like owning a salon. Like we said, like when you leave as a trainer, you're not done. I feel like when they come and pay you, if you're to make you good to great is when you're following up with your students or you're paying someone to follow up with your students. If you're not, if you're so big, you need that help. I think that's what makes someone good to great is like, Hey, how's it going? Or thanks for your two days. See you never go take yeah, someone else's I, class. I used to call that drive-by training where people <laughs> would fly in, do training and leave and you'd never hear from them again. I was like, the drive-by training sucks. And one thing that we do is actually Tustin gives out her cell phone to all our students. So when they're done with the class, she says, by the way, you have my direct line. You can always reach out to me and I'll answer questions, show me updates about your work. I love to see how you're growing. And, and we really want to build that relationship. We also give them access to all the videos from our classes. So we show probably like 30 videos of demos. We, we obviously do in-house demos too, but we do um, a lot of pre-recorded stuff that we show in our presentation and we give them access to all those videos. So when they're done and they're trying to struggle with something like, oh, that's right. They have example videos I can go watch and we catalog it and we send them the link and they can go back and watch all those videos anytime they need to so that they can remind themselves of techniques or angles or how to put your hands and I've all that. training where they don't even, aren't even given the handbook. The handbook. Handbook. They can't even take it home with you. They, they only have it for a certain like 24, 38 hour window. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we switched to as a company with our trainers, we are doing one-on-ones. That's oh, wow. what we're selling. So, I mean, it's different. Like you said, we threw that option out there as like, instead of groups, let's just do one-on-ones. We feel like it's more personable. Like you said, like the big troop group trainings, I wasn't personally doing the trainings anymore because of my whole daughter's thing. So I didn't trust some of my educators with bigger groups, I would rather shrink it down and do one-on-ones with them so they can get that training they need. The educator's not stressed, the student's not stressed, yeah. and you put a dollar amount to it. So I think, like you said, it's adjusting and seeing what else is out there and seeing if it works. And, and if it doesn't work, you can always change it too. It's just like, you know, what you guys have done and found your little niche. Yeah. Try it, try it, everything. And with the idea that you may have to change it, never set your mind to anything and go, this is how it's going to be. Like I always say, hold loosely to your plans because man, you you're, not, you're going to pivot. I guarantee you you're going to pivot. I mean, last con, I, all I do is pivot every day. There's always a new problem <laughs> coming up every day. It's like, Oh, we can't do this. Oh, this is going to not work. Oh, this is going to cost me $10 trillion to do. Okay. I guess we're not doing that. So, I mean, it's just always change, change, change. And if you are one of those people that think you want to be one and done, then 
don't do any of this. Like go work as an employee somewhere where it's all predetermined and you just work for them, which is fine, by the way. If you like that control, you like that consistency, being an employee is a great place for a lot of people. If you're an entrepreneur, you got to be a lot more grit and you have to be able to pivot and change with the winds because every day there would be something new and that you have, you have to confront. Yeah, I think it's, the, like you said, there's just so many options you can take and you can't be offended when you when the door shuts or yeah. when it doesn't work out. Because before this started, I worked for another lash company and I was their educator and I just didn't think it fit me. And then you left and then so hard, like you close doors and you open doors, but don't just sit there and be like, okay, well, I feel like this is what I have to do to yeah. make it in this industry or I'm in a rut and I'm going to quit lashes. Versus like, well, maybe I need to add this or try this or maybe go apply to be an educator for a company or an influencer. Maybe it's less restrictions you want versus like, okay, I'm done. And, or I'm going to just open up a salon. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I think I'm going to be so great at it because I can lash. <laughs> <laughs> I can do anything. If I can lash, I can go to the moon. By the way, I I forget who shared this with us, but there was a person on our podcast and I loved it when they talked about closed doors. Say when things don't work out, you get the lesson you were meant to learn. And I love that idea because then that's not really failure, right? It's really, oh, wow, I learned. I'm not really good at, let's say, reels. Like I suck at reels. I've tried reels for a year and my Instagram has actually lost more clients or lost more followers than gained, right? Because maybe I'm just not very good at reels. It's okay to learn that lesson because then you go, well, then I'm going to hire someone to do reels for me and I'll, or find a partner or find someone else. Like my young kid maybe can come on and do reels for me. And they're a lot more funny and interesting than I am. Whatever it is, the le- you, you, there's a lesson to be learned. And that is helpful because you'll grow as a entrepreneur and you'll do better because of that, unless you're stubborn and bullheaded, and then you won't learn that lesson. And then maybe you'll just keep making a same dumb mistake. And then eventually that'll lead to burnout and you'll quit. So don't do that. It's very true. Well, I just wanted to thank you guys for being the industry trendsetters in a way of like, I mean, it's not even a trend what you guys, you're like breaking <laughs> barriers. I don't even know how you're coming up with things that need to, like you found a pain point, And I think it's so cool of what you guys are doing because Every, every lash company wants to be at your event and every lash artist does because, wow, you guys are catering to us for once. Like, how beautiful is that? And with your podcast and with all of your previous background, with opening up a salon, having trainers, being a lash artist, I think it's so cool that you guys have tried every door and maybe some got slammed on you and that's okay. And you can share that and say, hey, it's not a one size fits all. Come in this industry. Look what we've done. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Well, thank you. Alexis, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for having us on to share our thoughts. And hopefully your listeners got something from this. They can grow. There's, It's a big wide world out there for them, just for the taking. So yeah, I, I just want to, la- I guess, encourage again, what we emphasize when you're thinking what's next, always be looking for that pain point. Every product and every service out there solves a problem. And if you don't see a problem, if you all you do is you fall in love with your idea, that's not enough. Don't fall in love with your ever never fall in love with your ideas. We had a saying that and when I was in the film world and I, we were writing scripts, we had sometimes you have to sacrifice your babies because you're like, Oh, I love this scene. This seems to be awesome. And you're like, oh, it'll be funny, or it'll be a super action. And you're like, 
but it doesn't serve the movie at all. In fact, it's a distraction. And we're like, okay, I guess we'll cut that scene out. And that really hurts, but it doesn't serve the thing. So you really need to think, how can I serve the industry? How can I create something that's special that really meets a need? And then, man, lean into that and see how it goes. Because I think you'll find a lot more success than just every creative idea that comes to your mind. And you're like, oh, I can do all these things. And then you'll find yourself broken, angry, and bitter because no one likes your idea. Well, yeah. that's a lesson maybe you had to learn, right? It's like, okay, bad idea. But definitely look for that pain point. And when you can, you can totally, I think you're, you have a much greater chance of evolving and finding a, a solution for that that will really serve our industry and you can benefit from it. So, yeah. Awesome. And if you guys haven't bought tickets to all of our listeners, come in October. Yes. It's going to be so much fun. If not, just like be like, okay, kids, we're going to Disneyland. Oh, wait, mom's going to be gone for a few <laughs> hours and going to go better myself. So I just wanted to give you guys another shout out. LashCon is in October. Please come. There's so many great vendors there. Like I saw the lineup. Like it is like... Oh, man. Like, I it's would just be, Yeah, candy shop right there. As well as listen to their podcast. Yeah. It hey, guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last nut, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Alexis, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you're a friend in the lash industry.